welcome to the very first ever solo episode of Sort of My Podcast, now finally earning its name. Guys, like our nerd news page, Sort of My Comics on Facebook, and follow Sort of My Podcast on Instagram. Check out Subject to Change Entertainment on Facebook and Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube and SoundCloud. If you're checking this out somewhere while here, why not like, comment, and share? And of course, all of our personal social media is down in the description below. Guys, I will... First of all, apologize if you hear any trains or whatever in the background, which I know is somewhat of a common occurrence on our part, but tonight it just seems weirdly active with sirens and trains and planes and automobiles, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I have no control over any of that or the skill to scrub it all out of the background nor the time to scrub it all out of the background even if I did have the skill so um basically what I'm saying is uh fucking deal with it also uh one thing that was not on the docket but I did see recently was uh the new Halloween here's what I can say about it uh without spoiling anything it plugs really well into the original uh, film, which this is a direct sequel to, taking place 40 years after the events of that film. And uh, the the kills were appropriate, but also awesome and graphic. At the same time, I feel like it's a happy medium for slasher genre fans and practical killing fans. I, I, I don't know how to word that one. But it it was really fun, really good. The actors were all on point. Uh, there was one weird thing towards the end that it's like, ah, wh- why did he take the time to do that when he didn't kill anyone else that creatively? Uh, but it's still a good time. Uh, I will say this, though. If you are a person who does not silence their cell phone in the theater, straight fuck you. You could be my grandmother listening to this right now, and still, fuck you, because you're an asshole. You may not be an asshole in all respects, in all aspects of your life, but in that moment, in that theater, you are an asshole. So, you know, walk forward in your life with that, uh, and... I am going to go ahead and walk forward with this podcast and talk about some trailers. Uh, First, we had a leaked Hellboy trailer that came out, and we did download it, and we were going to watch it, but uh, for whatever reason, it it didn't download the audio with it. I don't know what was going on there, but I can say a few things about it. One, I liked the costume. I really, really liked the costume, and uh, the character, as far as his attitude and his banter, he seemed pretty on point. Uh, and uh, the ending of the trailer, where I don't know what it is called, but uh, it is his mode where he has full horns and this flaming crown thing and everything, and it looked badass. Now, I have never read Hellboy. I've never read any run or one shot or anything like that I've seen the film I enjoyed playing with the character on Injustice 2 but that's the extent of my uh, workings with him and uh, from what I can say though as someone somewhat removed from the lore of Hellboy I can't tell you what was going on in this trailer as far as like comic accuracy but I can tell you it looks really fun really cool I cannot wait to see it Uh, And I am still unclear whether this is a film or a movie. I guess I could have Googled it, 
or I mean, I'm sorry, whether this is a television show or a movie, I'm killing it on the solo game, but uh, I guess I could have Googled it, but uh, fuck it. And uh, speaking of things that I'm probably going to say fuck it to, uh, Pet Cemetery also had a trailer that came out. Uh, it looks, I'm, I'm going to say this, the trailer is effective. The trailer does what it needs to do. It is creepy as all hell, especially these kids and these masks with these drums. I never watched the original film. I am not a fan of child death in movies. It can go far to piss me off. There was even, uh, bringing up Halloween, there was a moment I thought I was about to walk out of the theater, and me and my girlfriend had made extensive plans to go see this together and have a good time out in Ashland and everything, but I was ready to just blow all of that away and just walk the fuck out of the theater, and luckily they did not go for the cheap, stupid shot, but... In the, I do know what happens in the original with the kid getting hit by the truck and all that, and he comes back undead and everything. And it just, it really seems like a movie that's going to fuck with me, and I've never really lined up to check that one out. So, because of that, I probably won't see this one either. Uh, it's just not my cup of tea, uh, for whatever reason. Uh... If you have some way you want to try and change my mind, if uh, you be so brave, go ahead and leave it down in the comments below, but you will fail. Uh, but I did forget Jonathan Lithgow was in this, and I fucking love him. So, for anyone who does see this, at least in the trailer, he looks like he's going to nail this role. He nails, like, all of his roles, so no surprise there. But... Uh, all in all, is very unsettling. What I have seen from the original, it seems to pay homage to that. Uh, the drum uh, underscore of this whole thing was very, very creepy, very, uh, very unsettling. I'm, I'm sure this one is going to be, as far as remakes go, a really good fit. Just again, I'm probably not going to see it. Although I am going to be lining up. For the Aladdin film, we got a teaser for the live action film that's coming up. Uh, we didn't see much, but there is a little taste of Iago in there before we see the Cave of Wonders, which looks fan-fucking-tastic. Looks great. They nailed the voice on that thing. Uh, I also love the renditions in this thing of Arabian Nights and uh, Ain't Never Had a Friend Like Me. I really hope they're not the final versions. Maybe the Arabian Nights was uh, could definitely plug into the film, especially that early part of the film where he gets taken to the Cave of Wonders. But uh, Ain't Never Had a Friend Like Me better be as energetic as it was in the original film. Which, uh, speaking on that song and the person who sings that song, the genie, uh, I am eager to see Will Smith's version. There was none of that in this at all, but uh, it could work. I, th I think it could work, honestly. Uh, I think he could bring the same amount of fun and energy to that role and to this film that Robin Williams brought with his version of the genie. It will obviously be different. We, we cannot expect it to be a, a perfect homage uh, especially given the the different ranges of those two actors uh or, or rather the different personas that they present whether it's in drama or action or well <laughs> did robin williams ever do action i don't think he did uh comedy 
then. If there's a Robin Williams action film, please, please let me know that down in the description, or I'm sorry, down in the comments. Let me know what that film is, because I want to see that. I want to see a Robin Williams action film, and I don't mean a comedy adventure film or a road trip film. I mean a fucking action film. Let me know about that. Uh, moving on, though. <sighs> we are really blazing through this one. This is what happens when it's just me. I, uh, I don't have anyone to play off of. This is really weird for me. I, I do want you guys to know that I did... Uh, try to get someone to co-host this with me. Uh, I, I, I had no one specific in mind, but I did put a blast out there. Uh, I got a couple likes, which honestly doesn't tell me anything. Also, I said PM me, so if anyone was interested, uh, they failed to do that. Uh, but liking a status like that, it it does it does it boost it up? in people's feeds i don't know if that helps or not uh you know fuck it just keep doing that but uh nobody really uh, nailed anything down with me so here i am doing it by myself but instead of continuing to rant randomly throughout this entire episode i'm gonna go ahead and choose and talk about this whole mark ruffalo leak situation uh i know a lot of people are aware of what this is actually about but I have unfortunately encountered a few people who believe uh, the hype from the whole situation. So let me lay the scene here for you. It all started with a tweet from Mark Ruffalo to Jimmy Fallon about cutting out his spoiler slip for Avengers 4. Uh, to which Fallon replied on Twitter uh, with it being too late and that the show was set to air. Uh, but things got a little more... He did ramped up uh, when the Russo brothers actually responded to the whole thread saying, Mark, you're fired. And uh, Mark replying, guys, can we talk about this? Uh, but it turns out this whole thing was a prank based out of Ruffalo's previous accidental spoilers. I think it says something about the air of the internet that uh, people do this type of thing, this little gag. Personally, I think it's funny. I thought it was a fun way to uh, ignite a very small, stupid fire. Uh, I, myself, when I first caught wind of it, was like, holy fuck, wait a minute, is Mark Ruffalo actually fired? Uh, but you take two seconds to look into it, you find out it was all just a gag. Uh, but that being said, I, I think it does go far to say something about how people need to look into things more before they talk about them. Don't present an article title as fact unless you actually clicked and checked out what was inside of the article. Uh, it's a problem a lot of people run into. Uh, a problem I myself used to have. Uh, and so I'm speaking from experience. Don't be that guy who looks like an asshat uh, when you're trying to present something as fact. <laughs> uh, but some fact that has been presented to all of us looking forward to the Elseworlds CW crossover was the first look at Ruby Rose in the Batwoman costume. I've got this pulled up right here. Guys, it looks Fantastic! If you have not checked this out, go Google it. Go find it. It is stunning how far they went for it. I mean, they went for it. Some people have complained about the wig. The wig is perfect. And especially if you've read the comics, you will notice Batwoman's hair stands out. But it's actually a wig built into the cowl. So I feel like they nailed it there. 
They added this red accent to the cape, which I don't believe is there in the comics, but it looks fucking gorgeous on this. Uh, the the bat symbol, the the very detailed uh, etchings on the suit, it looks great. I cannot wait to see her show up, and I cannot believe we have to wait until December for this. Uh, I also believe that this is Gotham City we're looking at here, especially because there is a bat symbol in the background, but man, this Elseworlds event is just ramping up to be crazy. Later in the show, during uh, phone booth news, there will be a couple things that I'm going to spit out there that we've gotten involving this Elseworlds crossover, but there's been so much cool stuff. Uh, God, I can't wait. There's so much more that I think they could have done with it because this is only a three-episode crossover. It, they, maybe they could have brought the Titans in. It wouldn't have been so cool for them to bring in Black Lightning, but the way this season of Black Lightning is going, I do feel like that would have been disruptive to its story to have like a random episode in the middle of the entire season or the Flash and all of them pop in. But they really do need to get the Black Lightning characters involved in the larger Arrowverse at some point. It... it in season three. They gotta do it in season three. For sure. Because that waiting any longer than that would be waiting too long. And we need to see these characters get together. That would be so much fun. I told you. I'm gonna go ahead and pause until that's done. Because that's very loud. And now we're back train free. If you hear a little bit of background noise. That is because I now have a fidget the wonder cat sitting on my lap. Purring away. There's literally nothing I could do about it. No. No. No, I couldn't. No. Alright, now you're just being stupid. Okay, let's move on. We're talking about the DC Universe release schedule. At the DC Universe panel at New York Comic Con, Jeff Johns revealed this current release schedule for the platform's original shows, as well as a prequel comic for the Young Justice that will be exclusive on the platform as well. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and pull this up now. We're going to take a look at it, discuss some of the stuff we can expect coming up. <clears throat> a lot to spit. Expect coming up. Uh, first off uh, on the schedule, obviously, Titans, which I'll be talking about later in the show, uh, came out uh, second episode is out now. I believe it's new episodes every Friday. I, I want to say Friday. Definitely Friday. So check out for a third episode coming in a couple days. If you haven't seen those other two, check them out. Uh, spoiler alert for my review coming up. Dug it. Love it. Check it out. But uh, it also looks like we're going to get Young Justice Either sometime at the tail end of December or the beginning of January, the icon for Young Justice Outsiders seems to be going over the January line, so I'm not exactly 100% sure where that is, and I say that knowing that we talked about the release date, so I think, uh, I believe it's coming out tail end of December, but after that, midway through February, we have the premiere of Doom Patrol, which will also be seeing uh, these characters, uh, at least I think, showing up somewhere in Titans, because there is an episode coming up called Doom Patrol, so we may see one, two, or all of the Doom Patrol characters showing up in that episode, so we're going to get a little bit of a backdoor pilot there, here in the next month or so, and uh, then we're going to get to see that show coming in February. 
After that, though, we get the premiere of Swamp Thing sometime around uh, late May uh, with early June seeing the second season of Young Justice Outsiders, uh, unless it's going to carry a different... Oh, no, I misspoke. I now remember exactly what that is. They are splitting up the season of Young Justice with the first few episodes coming out in December. And then uh, June is when we're going to see the second half of the season alongside the live-action Swamp Thing television show. Then in uh, late August of 2019, we're going to be seeing the premiere of Stargirl. Highly anticipated uh, at least for those who love deep cuts type stuff, uh, people who love Doom Patrol should be pretty excited for Star Gore. Star Gore. Yeah, Star Girl will be coming out late August, uh, all the way up into November, and then uh, October, about midway, we are going to see the premiere of the Harley Quinn animated series. This one right here is what really threw me off about this schedule because uh, we got that little teaser at Comic-Con, which leads you to believe it's it's going to be coming up relatively soon. You would think sometime around Doom Patrol or towards the end of Doom Patrol, which would lead it into uh, uh, April or May. But wow, for us to have to wait all the way until, uh, all the way, uh, we're waiting a year, midway through October. That, that is crazy. That is very surprising, especially because you know they're working on the show right now. Uh, the fact that it's coming out after Stargirl just blows my mind. It, you really feel like they would move that up. And maybe they will. I don't believe all of these are 100% set. Uh, but, I do think with this platform, they're trying to do more of a Marvel Cinematic Universe type of control, uh, keeping the trains running on time succinctly, listening to the fans, trying to be faithful to the source material, because as we've discussed on this show before, I don't think this is connected to Warner Brothers so much. Uh, I would really... I'm going to have to pay more attention when I watch the second episode of Titans to see if Warner Brothers logo pops up anywhere. But I don't don't remember it in the first episode. And I've seen the first episode twice now. Uh, However, if... Warner Brothers is a part of this. It does really feel like this is more controlled by DC Comics. And uh, that is a good thing. Because as we've seen from the mess that is the DCEU or Worlds of DC or whatever the hell they're calling it. that That is a better way to go about things. And of course it wouldn't be an episode without some sort of bummer news. And this week it is that Iron Fist and Luke Cage have been cancelled. Uh, reps from Netflix and Marvel told IGN, Marvel's Iron Fist will not return for a third season on Netflix. Everyone at Marvel Television and Netflix is proud of the series and grateful for all of the hard work from our incredible cast, crew, and showrunners. We're thankful to the fans who have watched these two seasons and for the partnership we've shared on this series. While the series on Netflix has ended, the immortal Iron Fist will live on. And they also released an almost beat-for-beat statement on behalf of Luke Cage, except for the part saying, while the series on Netflix has ended, the immortal Iron Fist will live on, which kind of indicates, at least in Iron Fist's case, that we may get another appearance in future shows. Uh, I want to touch on that a little bit more, but... 
I think the best course of action right now is uh, we go over to Alpha Spectre, who did not get a chance to show up for this recording uh, due to personal reasons, which he'll uh, vaguely allude to during this little thing here that I'm about to play for you. But he did send me this audio file for the recording. And uh, this is his way of getting in on this because, as you may know, if you are a avid listener to the SMP, uh, he is a, and I'm going to try and talk over this fucking train, uh, he is a big Iron Fist fan, Luke Cage fan, Heroes for Hire, that whole thing, and uh, he was kind of bummed he couldn't be here to uh, do this. But even more bummed that the show's got canceled. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to his audio file right now. Hey guys, Alpha Spectre here uh, with my two cents on this whole issue. Okay, so starting off, I'm pretty pissed off about the fact that Iron Fist has been canceled. Uh, if you haven't watched all of Season 2 yet, I'm going to try not to spoil anything for you. Uh, but some really cool shit happens. It's definitely leaps and bounds beyond what Season 1 was. Uh, I know a lot of people have their issues with it. Uh, you know, Season 2 is not perfect by any means, but I thought it was great, and it took a lot from the Brubaker run again, uh, especially the last episode, specifically the last uh, really couple minutes of the whole season. It really brought around something great that could have happened in Season 3, but now we're never going to get that. It's it's really something that I've been excited for and have been wanting to see in this show for a while. And it could have pushed the show in a really, really good direction. But now it's not going to happen. Uh, and then shortly after the announcement of Iron Fist being canceled, you know, we find out that Luke Cage is being canceled. Okay, kind of kind of the same thing. Like I, I thought Season 1 was great, Season 2 was great. Really not sure why they're canceling this, but I kind of have a hunch. But honestly, one of the big things is uh, there's not enough people watching these shows, guys. Uh, we don't have enough viewers on these shows for them to get the numbers to support, or not to support, uh, to warrant that next season. You know, and, and that's that's a big thing we've been stressing. You know, watch the show by the service, you know. Because every view, every download, or not download, but every purchase, every every click is a number on their list. And they're going to have to hit a certain number in order to keep going forward. Right now, I'm using Vin the Human's DC service. But once I get paid, I'm buying it myself. So that's just, uh, I stole his so I could start watching Titans. Which, uh, if you tune in to the rest of the show, you'll hear a little bit about that later. Uh, which, it was awesome. Spoiler alert. With the cancellation of Iron Fist and Luke Cage, I do kind of have some hope. I feel like we're going to end up getting maybe a Power Man Iron Fist or even a Heroes for Hire show uh, through the Disney streaming service. Now, the DC Universe service has their own shows that are, uh, I guess, part of the bigger uh, Berlantiverse. Um, how they're going to tie those in, I don't know, but this could end up being the same thing where, you know, okay, we have... I can't I can't think of their names. 
Michael Coulter and Finn Jones. Uh, they could reprise their roles as Luke Cage and Danny Rand in a Power Man Iron Fist show on the Disney streaming service. You know, I would be more than okay with that because the dynamic that they shared in the episodes they have together and in Defenders, it was great. I think it could really work out. But that being said, there have been talks of a Daughters of the Dragon show, which again would be great and another good way to bring in the heroes for hire. So, yeah, it's kind of disappointing that we have uh, this great ending for a season in Iron Fist and in Luke Cage, and we're not going to get to see where that leaves off. It's not like they tied it up in a nice little package at the end. No, they left it wide the fuck open for something great like in both of the shows. So, guys, watch the shows. Even if you don't think you're going to like it, all of these shows have potential. Play it in the background. You know, it's, it's a numbers game is what it boils down to. So, okay, you hate it. You know, okay. Uh, so if you're one of the ones that watched the shows and is upset about the cancellations, or you watch the shows and you're okay with the cancellations, either way, thank you for at least watching the shows. But if you're one of the ones that didn't watch the show and are upset about the cancellations, or you just didn't watch the show in general, you know, you're part of the problem. All of these shows have gotten better and better as they've went on. So, you know, this is just kind of my two cents on the whole matter. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it to the recording because of some outside issues. But guys, just do what you can. Uh, watch them. Download them. Well, don't, don't download. Don't download. Numbers matter. Views matter. Uh, you know, if you're a YouTuber you know that every single view matters, whether it's someone who likes it or someone who trash talks it, every view counts. So get on there, watch it, buy the service, support it, and stop wasting your time with cat videos. Uh, yeah, so stay tuned for... Yeah, I don't know how he's going to do... Uh, Phone booth news without me there. He's going to cheat. I bet you anything he cheats, he's going to edit it out, and he's going to cheat. Anyway, stay tuned for the Titans review at the end of the show, guys. Thanks. Well, fuck you, Odal. I'm not going to cheat, and uh, you'll see that when my phone booth news comes in at 2 minutes and 45 seconds. Oop. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed Odal's uh, minimally edited comments there uh but i did want to contest uh, a couple things he said first of all uh i don't think that they're gonna bring any of this over to the disney streaming service uh, now that's not a definite statement anything could happen here but if uh if this indicates anything it's that, that they're pretty much giving up on the iron fist luke cage series as a whole i do not believe it's coming back in uh, in any other streaming services or to television or anything like that. However, I do believe with that statement about uh, Iron Fist living on, even though it wasn't included in the Luke Cage statement, there is potential for a Heroes for Hire series, uh, and they could include Daughters of the Dragon in that too, uh, because like he mentioned, there has been talks of a Daughters of the Dragon series, although I think most of that was speculation of the fans. Now, 
Here's one of the things I definitely want to touch on because I am going to talk about the numbers. Uh, shush. She's pretty upset about it too, guys. I'm sorry. Fidget Fidget is not taking this news well. She's actually taking it worse than Alpha Spectre. But uh, I am going to touch on the numbers a bit. But I do disagree with something that Alpha Spectre says. Do not put this on just because it's a comic book series. If you literally have no interest in Luke Cage or Iron Fist, that's fine. But the problem with this series, let's let's talk about Iron Fist specifically because the cancellation of Luke Cage is somewhat confusing if they are not intending on just taking the endings of Iron Fist and Luke Cage Season 2, combining those goals and using Heroes for Hire as a way of seeing those storylines to an end uh let's just talk about iron fist with this series uh it had a rough first season uh understandably so and i watched the entire thing so i i have my medals of honor for that but we saw in luke cage season two a much more honed in iron fist character now i, I don't think finn jones will ever truly embody Danny Rand as we know him from the comic books, but he definitely did a big turnaround on that character, and he was much more enjoyable uh, as far as the fighting and the choreography goes. He was much more in sync, and they worked really well together. That was the best of Iron Fist that we'd ever seen, and it was it was highly enjoyable. Uh, so... Hopes were high going into the second season, especially because well before that episode went on Netflix, they were saying that they were going to fix all of these things, that they had heard the concerns of the fans. That alone, at least for me, gave me enough reason to check out the second season because I was with everyone else. The first season sucked. It, it was a bummer, easily the worst of all the Netflix Marvel seasons any single one of them. This one was far below them. But this second season really did seem to turn it around. But despite the good reviews and the reactions from those who did check it out, it failed. It really failed. People did not return and or newer viewers did not give it a chance because they heard Iron Fist sucked or they saw the first season sucked. Now, I can understand not wanting to check out the second season to an extent, but if you're plugged in enough to where you're interested in seeing an Iron Fist TV show, you are a fan, you are plugged in, you are checking out the news, and you had to have had these positive reactions cross your path, because when the first season came out, that wasn't the case, you can't blame it on fake news or whatever the hell you want to label you want to slap on there. It wasn't that. It, I mean, because the first season came out and it was panned universally. So if you want to blame it on people being bought off or whatever, I guess you can. But I mean, that is not the case in this world. Maybe some small time guys might take a check or two. But I highly doubt it. I mean, Disney, Marvel, Netflix, they're all doing fine on their own. They really don't need people to... Uh, they don't need to pay some, you know, 200,000 subscriber YouTuber to tell people that the show is good. Uh, that's just absurd 
and borderline stupid, but also not impossible. So, you know, I don't know what time, what statement I'm trying to make there. But my point is, is that you had to have seen the review. So it, it should have given you enough push to check it out, at least. And if you made it through the first episode, I don't see how you're not hooked. I don't see how you're not seeing the improvements there. The point is, this show did not get the numbers it needed. Now, whether that's because of the first season failing, which I believe it largely is tied into. Uh, In a lot of cases, I usually tend to blame piraters. And, you know, I'll go ahead and say it. I used to have some affiliation with the pirating world, to what extent I will not say. But... uh, I was on the side of, oh, I can't afford it, so I'm going to go this route because I still want to see it. Guys, I mean, grow up. We are in a content-heavy world. There is some way or another you are going to get your content. And I, I understand if you can't afford it now, but that doesn't mean you're not always going to be able to afford it. I mean, you could say oh, well, if I can't afford Netflix, then they're not going to get my money anyway, so what harm is there in downloading? And I guess, you know what, I can't really argue with that. But if you really look at your life and you see, yes, I could afford this, but I'd rather save the 10 bucks, then you are part of the problem. You are the person who is killing these shows. But in in the case of Iron Fist, I, I think it was just people just not watching uh, Luke Cage underperforming in its second season. It it got poorer reviews than the first season, although I loved it. Those were the problems here. Uh, but guys, the numbers do matter. I, I don't care what way you look at it, whether it's from a money or viewership standpoint, the numbers add up. Usually when it's TV, uh, it, it comes down to who's watching how many times did they watch blah 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 blah. but it comes down to watching and that's what matters there Uh, we've cited the example of ash versus evil dead a million times the the actors would blatantly say in their interviews especially our star bruce campbell uh would say if we could just get better viewers and people would stop pirating the show is gonna make it You know, we'll see if we make it to a next season, if people will stop pirating, if there's only some way they could make money off of piraters, blah, 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 shit like that. Like, it got blatantly put out there about that show, and it's a wonder it made it three seasons with that attitude. Uh, I mean, because that was the biggest problem. People just downloading that show because they didn't want to pay for the Stars app, because they didn't want to pay for the Stars package. And I get that. It is excessive. We do live in a content heavy world an app heavy world and it can be more expensive to get all the streaming services than it can to just get cable but after you cross a certain threshold with your streaming services why not just get the cable i don't know that's a whole different thing a person to person household to household matter something i really cannot comment on without literally knowing every person that lives in the united states and or world but i will say this downloading it is a problem Uh, pirating it is a problem we lose these things because of that now when it comes to movies a lot of people like to say oh these fat cats in their you know corporate offices they like to just push out 
whatever, you know, just to get a dime. And yes, those do still exist. That's fine uh, to have that opinion. But if you hear a lot of content creators talk, a lot of guys behind the scenes on these things, writers are running more of the show these days than anything else. Uh, In the old days, it used to just be, yeah, guys looking for a dime, but a lot of the times now it's people who actually care about the story. They're the ones greenlighting these things. Now, when it comes to examples like the Transformers franchise, there are a large amount of people who like it, like this, yes, but there is an even louder or maybe larger variety of people who don't like them. Yet somehow they kept making these movies, and it's because people kept going to see these movies. If you truly believe that, then don't give them their money for the stupid remakes. That's the, that's, when it comes to movies, that's where the numbers matter, is in the dollar. Uh, anyways, I'm done preaching. Uh, I, I guess the shortened version of all of that is when it comes to TV, the viewer numbers matter. When it comes to movies, the dollar number matters. If you want a franchise to survive, give them the numbers that matter. If you want a movie series to keep going, buy the ticket, buy the DVD, blah, 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 blah. If you want a series to keep going, buy the streaming services or rent the episode on whatever like iTunes or whatever you have available to you the numbers matter it it's just that fact so if you actually care about something please show that you care about it with those numbers and from there i do believe we are moving on to phone booth news i have my script closed for Whatever fucking reason. Yeah, we're moved on to phone booth news, guys. It's time for the news. The phone booth news. And in the phone booth news, we try to give you the news faster than Deadpool can save the day, which gives me three minutes, 45 seconds, and I did not open my uh, timer, so Odo was a little right there on uh, the jankiness of how this might go without him. But, uh, nope, that's my calculator. What the fuck am I doing here? Oh, God, where's my clock? <laughs> Where is the clock on my phone? I was going to go into all apps. There's my clock. I just got all buzz. Uh, oops, I accidentally looked at my notifications. Now I'm in the timer. All right, so phone booth news off to a really great start. So, let me go ahead and get the timer already here. Uh, And uh, start. In video game news, Sony announced they will be testing the PSN Online ID Change feature beta until the end of November. If accepted, users will be able to change their online ID as many times as they'd like, with the first change being completely free, while changes after that will cost $9.99. Speaking to the Financial Times, Sony CEO uh, Kenichiro Yoshida said that at this point, what I can say is it's necessary to have a next-generation hardware, alluding to the idea that there will be another PlayStation console. Robert Kirkman announced that the final episodes of Telltale Games' The Walking Dead The Final Season will be released via his company, Skybound. 
Insomniac director Ryan Smith revealed the costumes coming with the first of the three DLC story packs for Marvel's Spider-Man on the PlayStation 4. The new suits will be Kane's Scarlet Spider, Spider UK, and the Resilient Suit, an original design by Gabriel Del Otto. And the two latest updates for the game have been introduced. New Game Plus with a... And the two latest updates for the game have introduced a New Game Plus, an Ultimate Difficulty, and a more... uh, And more photo op mode options. God damn, I fucked that one up. In comics news, Eric Powell has announced that his popular uh, comic series, The Goon, is returning in 2019. While DC will be canceling Suicide Squad with its issue number 50 out January 16th. Alright, let's get it together. In TV news, Deadline reports that DC's The Secret Six are coming to the TV to TV from Scrubs creator Bill Lawrence and may be headed to CBS instead of the CW or DC Universe. The official Watchmen Instagram account posted a cryptic still video of a black-suited police officer wearing a yellow balaclava and captioned uh, and a caption that reads who watches the Watchmen. Stephen Amell uh, tweeted a behind-the-scenes photo of Tyler Hoechlin in a black Superman costume and later tweeted official Elseworlds crossover ad featuring Barry and Oliver in swapped costumes. And the CW announced Lex Luthor will be making his Arrowverse debut in this season of Supergirl. No casting was revealed, but they did clarify that he will not be a part of the Elseworlds crossover event. In movie news, Black Panther co-writer and director Ryan Coogler has signed on to write and direct the sequel, while Morbius the Living Vampire that I forgot was starring Jared Leto is set to star, uh, start filming early 2019. Tom Holland announced that wrapping, the wrapping of Spider-Man Far From Home with a photo of the new suit, which resembles his homecoming costume but with a black and red twist, and then debuted it on the Jimmy Kimmel Show. Reported by MCU Cosmic, the PG-13 release of Deadpool, dubbed the Deadpool Before Christmas, will feature a new character and unseen footage. A Warner Brothers representative has confirmed that James Gunn will write and direct what will presumably be Suicide Squad 2, while Variety reports that Warner Brothers will once again be pushing the Flash film from March 2020 to sometime in 2021. Additionally, in that same report, it appears Warner Brothers is effectively done with Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill, stating the studio is not moving forward with Batman and Superman movies featuring Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill, respectively. In other news, Robert Kirkman's Skybound Entertainment has formed a new partnership with Sony Pictures Television to form the production company Skybound Galactic. Funko unveiled a new toy line at New York Comic Con called DC Primal Age, a DC Comics-based series of Masters of the Universe-styled figures. And current president of the 21st Century Fox, Peter Rice, who will be joining Disney as a top TV exec, told employees at a town hall meeting in Los Angeles that DC and Fox's merger is expected to be finalized on January 1st, 2019. And that is the news. Holy shit. I really fucked that one up. Uh, We're coming in in about four and a half minutes. So, I didn't lie, Odal. 
Anyways, God, that was horrible. That was so bad. I I honestly am considering going back and re-recording that, but uh, no, I'm not going to. Uh, mostly because I'm lazy and there's enough editing to do in this episode. Anyways, like that, but I'm going to go ahead and leave that in because why not? Uh, anyways, guys, that is going to lead us to the more somber part of this episode. Uh, every now and then a legend is brought into this world, but before they can become that legend, they have to pass through this mortal coil and become fallen heroes. And today, our fallen hero is Scott Wilson, who began his career in 1967 with a hit in the heat of the night, followed it by starring in in cold blood and would enjoy a long and very varied career but you may know him best as herschel green from the walking dead many of his co-stars friends and family have described him as a warm caring and optimistic person uh which in my estimation are the exact qualities he brought to his role on amc uh, which i look forward to seeing him reprise on this latest season uh, i'm not sure which episode but scott sadly passed away due to complications from leukemia at the age of 76 in this uh, past two weeks. So uh, we say a solemn goodbye to Herschel and uh, again look forward to seeing him show up on the show again. But moving on from there to a more upbeat note, uh, if you can call it that with the subject material, uh, I caught the first episode of Titans, as we have talked about throughout the episode, Uh, and I think the best way I can do this is by talking about each of our Titans, respectively, uh, and then giving kind of an overview here. First off, let's talk about the big dick himself, Robin, a.k.a. Dick Grayson. Uh, with him, uh, especially in, uh, in the first scene we see him as Robin, the action and the violence in this series is intense and exciting right from the get-go. Uh, it, it stays that way throughout this, and uh, I have heard the second episode is no slouch in that department either, but... With him being Robin, in the scene that I'm talking about, he uses the gadgets, uh, and uh, they are implemented so well from his shuriken Robin insignia to uh, smoke grenades and his staff. It's just really, really cool to see him uh, use all that gear, and then actually getting to see him care for it later. Like, he's he's buffing out the chest plate. He's replacing all of the uh, the various tools and stuff, rekeying his utility belt. Uh, but one thing I do have to say, he does not kill anyone. Uh, let's go ahead and just pull the wool over that, because the trailers kind of led us to believe that maybe Robin is killing people, and that is that is not the case. Uh, it doesn't take anything away from how badly he fucks these guys up, which you are going to have to watch the episode. I'm not going to spoil any of that, but yeah, he rocks these people's worlds. He also shows that he's just as capable outside of the costume as he is in uh, in a later scene. And maybe I'll allude to that a little bit more. Uh, maybe not. Actually, I, I think it kind of spoils a little bit of what's going down here. So I'm not going to. But just just know that they, they really nailed Dick Grayson. I buy him as a Detroit detective. And uh, while a lot of the other characters have maybe deeper 
backgrounds, more uh, shrouded in mystery. Robin, we kind of get, like, where he came from. We know the story of his parents dying and Batman taking him in and teaching him to be Robin and how to defend himself and be a, a crime fighter and all that, a detective. And uh, we know that story, and, and they give us a little taste of that. So really, the only mystery line in his background in this series is what exactly happened between him and Batman, and fans of the comic books will have kind of a vague idea of what went down anyways. So Robin, while very interesting and uh, very appealing on screen, does not hold a candle to Rachel, a.k.a. Raven. Uh, there is a lot going on with her past here, and while I do believe the comic's origin story for her uh, is going to come into play here, I do feel like there's going to be maybe a little more flavor added to it. There seems to be some sort of cult after her, and uh, we we know that from various characters we see attempt to bring her to at least this main cult guy, maybe a high-ranking guy in the cult who attempts to actually uh, do her harm in order to close a gate of some sort, what we don't know. Uh, I also noticed she has a red-gemmed necklace. Uh, normally, Raven has a gem in her forehead, as you've probably seen in the cartoons or in the comic books. And if you're not aware, the gem in her forehead contains her father, Trigon. Now, it seems Rachel doesn't have any idea about her past or her origin or where she comes from or what this power is within her. Uh, but at the same time, that does not necessarily mean this red gem does not contain Trigon. It's, it's kind of an obvious gem, too. So that's what I'm thinking is this necklace is where her father is being imprisoned. Uh, so we'll, we'll just have to see how that plays out. That's just my own comic book background speculation coming in. Uh, but also the power inside of her, it seems to be some other entity. I don't know if it's, it's just a part of her or if there is a separate thing living inside of her. Uh, because Raven does have her demon mode, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not Raven. It's kind of the power taking over, so it really could go either way. I think it's more of the former, uh, or I'm sorry, I, I think it's more of the latter rather than my former of it maybe being another entity. Uh, we'll see. And I love the way that this show connects Dick Grayson and Rachel's stories uh, the way they end up coming together is just so plot beat by beat well played out uh, the way they get them together. Uh, but we do not see them cross paths with Starfire yet, uh, who is seeming to suffer from amnesia. There's obviously more to her as we find out through the episode, but she wakes up in a shot up car in Germany being hunted by henchmen. Uh, only being able to put things together through the shit that she finds in her purse. Uh, but unlike our main characters, she definitely kills people. She, she willfully kills people, and it is awesome. Wow, she is powerful. 
and for some reason, she's looking for Rachel. I I don't feel like that's too much of a spoiler. Uh, I I saw it coming from a mile away when I was watching the episode as they kept talked about this girl. Uh, you had to find some way to get Starfire connected with them, uh, with Dick and and Raven. Uh, so it only made sense. It, it could have only been the way that they were going. Even if I hadn't said she's looking for Rachel for some reason, if I had said the little girl, I'm sure you guys would have put it together. Because uh, otherwise, how do we get her from Germany with amnesia connected with these characters she's likely never met before? And then finally, Beast Boy is the farthest out from the rest of them, only appearing at the tail end of the episode. Huh? Do you guys like that? I liked it a little bit when I wrote it. Now I feel bad about it. Uh, but we meet him stealing video games as a tiger somewhere in Ohio. Uh, and really the only thing I can say about him, because, I mean, he literally is the cap of the episode. Uh, it, it's a decent tiger effect. I didn't expect anything looking vibrantly realistic. I didn't expect... Uh, Avengers Infinity War level CG here, so for what we got, I, I feel like it was really good. They did a good job. Um, and it definitely, the transformation effects definitely blows Animorphs out of the water, which is the only thing I, I really could compare this to uh, from past viewings of things where teenagers turn into animals. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see more of him. Uh, I hope there's more of him in the second episode, but uh, he's he's definitely going to be a more fun aspect of the character. And uh, yeah, he's butt naked. I, d I don't know if they're going to end up putting him in a suit that can transform with him, but it seems like his clothes are not capable of, of doing anything with him at this point. So uh, yeah, he's got to get naked to transform, so that's a thing. Overall, though, guys, I actually really loved this. Uh, I, I expected to be lukewarm on it. I didn't think it was going to hate it, but I didn't expect to care as much as I do. Um, some of the stuff going on with Raven, I really hope pays off in a very satisfying way. Otherwise, it's just a little too much drama. Because uh, this is a very dark show. This is leaning heavily into how the DCEU started off with uh, its first two movies. Uh, but there's a lot to uncover here, and I think it works with these specific characters because while Gar, Beast Boy, is a very uh, comedically driven character in most of the iterations we've seen, he does have kind of a very heavy story. He's a freak. He's usually an outcast. Uh... And I, I, and I'm, I know there's something about his parents, but I cannot remember what it is right now. Uh, Starfire is an alien on a different world, which which comes with its own immigrant baggage on its own, uh, and then the obvious branching off from Batman and the, uh, the storied past of Dick Grayson. Rachel alone is the daughter of a demon. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that would be pretty hard to show in a happy, fun light. Uh, which is probably one of the reasons I don't feel like Teen Titans Go works. But every character in this is engaging. And I'm not just talking about our main characters. I'm talking about side characters, supporting actors, 
everyone seems to play their part to the fullest extent that it needs to be done. I believe all of them. I, I am never taken out of the whole thing. Uh, choreography seems to be great, and apparently, from what I've seen watching DC Daily on the DC Universe app, which I, I think people should definitely sign up for, I have not regretted it since day one, and that was well before Titans came out. But everything I've seen on there in an interview with uh, the guy who plays our main character here, who I can't remember the name of right now, uh, Dick Grayson, he said... During that fight scene, they had this whole choreographed thing, and they ended up having to throw it out and do a lot of stuff on the day. So for that, it shows, it comes through really well. It looked fantastic for something put together on the day. So if that tells you anything about the quality of this series, uh, it should tell you that you need to sign up for the DC Universe app. Do not pirate it. Check it out. Uh, they've got a free seven-day trial up, and like I said, the first two episodes are up now. So you you get that seven-day free trial. Check out those two episodes. If those don't convince you, then very well, fine. Fuck you. Nah, fuck you. I don't mean that. Please keep listening to my show, which is actually over, guys. Thank God, right? I stumbled all the way through this fucking thing. I don't know. If you guys enjoyed this, let me know in the comments down below. How did I do? I'm, I need your approval to keep living. But uh, in any case, like this episode if you liked it. Subscribe if you loved it. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to hit that bell uh, to let you know when the newest videos go up. Comment your thoughts on any of today's stories. And please share this episode on social media. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human. And cue that stumbling through outro music. 